familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Do you feel pressure to breastfeed your baby? Sometimes we do this to ourselves because we're either raised in an environment supportive of breastfeeding or perhaps it wasn't supportive of breastfeeding at all and we want to change that. Sometimes the pressure comes from other sources. Regardless, it can result in a lot of guilt when things don't work out the way we had originally planned. So what do you do with all this guilt? How do you process it and how do you overcome it? We're the Boob Group. I use a breast pump. I hand express milk for my baby. I exclusively breastfeed. I use a nipple shield. I breastfed after a C-section. I use a milk bank. I breastfeed in public whenever I feel like it. I pump at work. I breastfeed with a cover. I breastfeed twins. I give my baby bottles. I made my own supplemental nursing system. I supplement with formula. I talk to my baby while I breastfeed. I'm breastfeeding as a survivor of sexual abuse. When I have extra milk, I share it with other Mom. We are equal. We are the Boob Group. Welcome to the Boob Group. We're here to support all moms who want to give their babies breast milk and respect the choices of moms who want to feed their babies in other ways. I'm Sunny Galt. Well, how do you listen to the Boob Group? Because our shows are available on a bunch of different platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Google Play Music. I'm sure there's a few others that I might be forgetting in this lineup. We also have the Boob Group app. If you guys are app fans out there, there's an app for everything, right? So, of course, we have to have an app for our show. And you can access all of our episodes from that app. You can download them. You can star your favorites. You can reach out to us directly through the app if you want to do that. We also have the new Mommy Media app. And and that is a network app that has all of our podcasts on it from all of our shows. We produce a bunch of different shows, including the Boob Group. So if you want one convenient app to access everything in, then download the New Mommy Media network app. And all of these apps are absolutely free. You can download them wherever you get apps. So let's meet the mamas that are joining us in our conversation today. Ladies, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. And Bridget, let's start with you. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Bridget. I'm from New York. And I have two kids, um, a two-and-a-half-year-old girl and a four-and-a-half-year-old girl. Awesome. Thanks for being with us. Candice. Hi, I'm Candice. Thank you for having me. I live in Massachusetts. I have two boys. Um, older one is six, and the other one is three-and-a-half. And Graham. Hey, y'all. I'm Graham, and I am in Charleston, South Carolina. And I've got two kiddos. My older one is three. He just turned three. And my little girl is seven months. And you said, yeah, so we, we knew it was oh, yeah. coming, that you were from the South. <laughs> you kind of gave it away. <laughs> no, it's a secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. I know, right? <laughs> and Julie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Julie. I am in San Diego, California, and I have one little boy who is three years old. Awesome. All right, ladies, thanks for being with us today. <laughs> Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All 
right. So before we dive into our main part of our conversation today, sometimes we do news headlines where we talk about articles that impact breastfeeding and pumping moms. And this was an article I thought was really interesting. And actually, local news covered this. But it's about a childcare center, so like a daycare, preschool type of center. And they have designated themselves as being breastfeeding friendly. And it has a nice little photo of the, these ladies standing out inside of the or outside of the center. And it, they have this big banner that says, this center is designated breastfeeding friendly. And this is from, let's see, the Winnebago County Health Department, which I totally lost the state that it's from. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I, I, I knew I, I was thinking Wisconsin, but I thought, oh, I'm not going to say it because I'll be wrong. So Wisconsin and Winnebago, and they think that this is really important. They want to establish a supportive breastfeeding environment. Um, and they say in the article that that includes a private, comfortable area for breastfeeding mothers to nurse or to pump and to have policies that support breastfeeding moms and the center staff on how they're trained to handle breast milk. As you can imagine, you know, depending on how long your child is in the hands of the daycare facility, the you know the the parent needs to bring breast milk to the center every day, right? If you're if you're doing that, and if the mom is pumping, and so how do you store this? I mean, believe it or not, a lot of centers don't really talk about this. In fact, we have uh, done an episode on the Boob Group uh, prior about what moms should do, and, and so, you know some guidelines and how to help childcare facilities accomplish this, right? And so I wanted to get everyone's take on this. I, um, I love. Love the fact that they're calling themselves breastfeeding friendly. We hear a lot with hospitals the term baby friendly. That term kind of concerns me a little bit because it makes it sound like if you're not breastfeeding, you're not baby friendly. So I really like the fact that they're saying breastfeeding friendly. I think it's a, a really good you know description of what's happening here. So anyways, just want to kind of toss it out to everyone and let me know what you think. Anyone can start. I was just going to chime in as a mom who went back to work after three months and really wanting to provide breast milk for my son for as long as I possibly could. It was hard enough to figure out how to pump and get enough breast milk for him during the hours that I was at work. And I really think if there was even, you know, one more challenge to making that happen, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So to have a center that is supportive of that, I think, is, you know, there are already enough barriers to trying to be a working mom and and providing breast milk. So I think this is amazing and it, it really should be like a minimum standard. Well, I love it because I like that they have the area where mom can come in and feed. Right now I'm working from home, but part of the reason that I'm doing that is because pumping is not working for me with my daughter and she's home with me. So she's here, babysitter's here, I'm here, house is getting kind of stuffed. It would be wonderful if she could go to the same um, preschool daycare that her older brother's going to, but there's no place for me to breastfeed there. They are they are fabulous with, you know, handling stored breast milk. They even let moms store it in their freezer. Like they, they're great with all of that. But if you can't pump, if pumping is not working for you and you need to be able to physically go there, or if you just want to, you know, if it's close enough to your work or to wherever you are that you can just pop in and get a little bit of snuggle time with the baby and feed them, that's wonderful. Absolutely. Anyone else have any thoughts? I think it's great. Breastfeeding's hard. So anything you can do to make it easier at all and facilitate it, I think that's fabulous. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I haven't had to experience this, but as attempting to breastfeed my first, I was ter terrified to leave the house because I didn't feel like there were enough places to feed my baby. So I think any time that we can provide moms with that is just a step in the right direction. And also, if they can handle it properly, I just think that that's wonderful for anybody, any of the other parents, too, to, to see what's going on. It's, it's kind of a nice thing to incorporate into just our culture in general. All right. Well, let's hope that um, other centers kind of follow suit and uh, just let moms know that they're on their side, however they want to feed their babies. But if this is the way that they choose to do it, then um, at least they know that there's support out there. So, And we'll, we'll include the link to this on our Facebook page if you guys want to check it out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so today we're talking about breastfeeding guilt and how we can overcome this and just how do we deal with this in general. I feel like a lot of moms have this guilt. I don't know that we really talk about it all that much. I kind of lump this in the same category of, you know, postpartum stress and anxiety. It's like one of those things that it's a hush-hush thing, right? We're not supposed to talk about it and we're just supposed to deal with it on our own terms. But that's not really how we grow, right? That's not not how we, you know, process things. So let's talk about breastfeeding guilt today. Uh, I wanted to start by, you know, just... You know, kind of polling everyone and, and getting your personal take on the type of guilt, you know, either you experienced in the past or maybe some moms, you know, are experiencing this currently. So, you know, let, let's just kind of share a little bit of our own story. So let's see. Bridget, let's start with you. Okay. So I breastfed both my kids. My first daughter, I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding her. She went to the NICU and we weren't, I wasn't allowed to breastfeed her until probably 17, 18 hours after she was born. And no one told me in the meanwhile that I should be pumping. Um, so that kind of set us up for difficulties to begin with. And she wouldn't latch either. So I felt tremendous guilt that I couldn't breastfeed her exclusively like I had wanted to. I thought it was supposed to be easy and it was so not easy. It was a struggle. I pumped. Um, I eventually got her to latch with a nipple shield and I supplemented with formula and the nurses in the hospital made me feel terrible that I was trying to breastfeed my daughter. They were like, nope, we got to stick to a schedule. She needs to be fed every three hours. End of story. And they really pressured me to give her formula and to like kind of keep up with the schedule. So I felt tremendous guilt while I was there. Um, and it was just really hard. Yeah. Um, Candace, can you share your story with us a little bit? Yeah. Um, my first son, after he was born, I, I had to go into surgery. And so when I came out, they immediately put him to the breast and I was just, I was completely out of it. Um, and I, I feel like in my mind, I had screwed it up because I had done something wrong at that point. Like I, my body didn't produce, it wasn't able to expel the placenta. So therefore it was my fault. So it was like, almost immediate. I knew that from taking all the breastfeeding classes and reading all the books that I had missed that golden time. So the guilt started very, very quickly for me. And he was a screamer. He had severe acid reflux that developed a little bit later, but in the hospital, he just screamed and I couldn't even comfort him. And I thought that was my fault. And we started to notice some signs of dehydration, but once we got home from the hospital, it was quite apparent that we actually had to go back. And the first doctor we saw really compounded that guilt by saying, you're attempting, by attempting to breastfeed, you're starving your child. And so that just kind of set me up for failure. And I thought that I was doing something wrong, that I, I wasn't able to be the mom that my son needed. And I wasn't able to give him what he needed. And I put all that blame on me. And so it set us up for the next month of I was pumping, you know, collectively two and a half hours a day. And the the milk wasn't making him feel very good. Like it was really bothering him and he wasn't gaining weight and he just wasn't happy. So I internalized all that. And so I think that was really difficult with my first, uh, my, my second, uh, was much easier. However, I once again ended up in surgery. And even though I was able to save the milk, my prolactin levels were really low. And so there was a lot of self-blame. However, when he was on the breast, that's when I felt my best. So uh, even when he wasn't getting milk per se, after six or seven months, um, I would still bring him to the breast just for my own personal um, comfort. And so it's kind of interesting for me, my first baby kind of made things worse by attempting to breastfeed and my second made him better. So I think it's interesting to be one person with those two different stories. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And Graham. 
Oh, sorry. I just had to take a deep breath after hearing those. Um, yeah, it is. Um, and it, we're all, it's all so similar. It's all so familiar. I had an emergency C-section with my first. I, um, don't remember a lot, but what I do remember is missing my baby. He was born at 1044 at night and I didn't get to see him until after two o'clock the next day. And I don't remember who it was who said it, but that, that time, that golden time was ticking away, ticking away. And I could just, every time I saw the clock, but I wasn't healthy enough. He wasn't healthy enough. He had some breathing issues and it, it was just one of those things. Nobody told me either that pumping during that time could have helped. I know now that, um, I could have started pumping before he was born to start bringing the colostrum in earlier. Had no idea then. And so when he wouldn't latch in the beginning, that was obviously my fault because I was obviously a terrible person. Um, and then when I started to have, I started to have a really, really bad, it's called dysphoria and it is just negative emotions and physical reactions to breastfeeding. So I just felt disconnected. I had rage flashes. I would start sobbing, physical revulsion, just all kinds of horrible feelings coming that I did not want to be feeling about my baby. And I, I could not control them. And it happened every single time my milk came in. It happened at the scene with that, with that feeling of letdown came this flood of just horrible emotions. He would cry. I would cry. It went on for about three weeks. And at that point, well, obviously I was a monster because breast is best. And because every class that I took said, this is going to be the most natural and amazing thing that you have ever experienced. This is what your body is supposed to do. Your body will do this. You don't have to worry about it. We need to trust our bodies, which is true. I am not saying that any of that is untrue. Um, it would have been nice to say as well, but if there are any problems, there is support uh, available for you. I did not reach out to lactation consultants that were available to me because I was obviously a horrible mother who could not feed her child. So I, I didn't even get the support that was there. I went to a breastfeeding group one time and eventually developed uh, postpartum depression and anxiety. And I definitely believe that those things were, were linked. But with my second baby, I did some hard thinking about whether or not I even wanted to try and breastfeed at all because I didn't want to set myself up to feel like that again and decided to go for it with the caveat that if it hadn't worked in two weeks, that I would stop. And that if I ever felt as horrible with her as I did with him, that I would stop just no pressure on me. Let's just see what happened. And I was, um, she was born via C-section. I was on the table and they put her on my belly and she started breastfeeding then. And I, I say, which is true, she literally has not stopped. <laughs> she just <laughs> eats like it's her job, like a machine. So, um, but with this one, she has uh, milk, soy, protein, and sensitivity intolerance. Sorry. Uh, so there was some guilt there too that that somehow my milk was not good for her. That it was making her literally making her stomach bleed, and that that's causes a little guilt there too. So I feel like there's all different ways we as moms are professionals at finding the way to feel guilty about something and, and digging our heels in on that. Yeah, exactly. I find it so interesting that you had such like two totally polar opposite experiences. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just that is just amazing to me that with your son, that there was like all of this I, I just It was horrifying. If anybody out there who's listening has Deemer or is having those flashes of feelings like I described, um, please go talk to your doctor about it, obviously, and, and put go into Google and put in D-M-E-R. This is probably what is happening to you, and there are things you can do about it, and nobody told me. So hopefully, hopefully somebody will use that information. Right, exactly. Wow. Okay. And Julie, 
So my guilt experience was a little bit different than the other moms in that I did not face the sort of hospital and anatomical challenges that the other moms had to deal with. My guilt started when I went back to work when my son was three months old and I had sort of built up this supply of milk. And um, when I went back to work, it totally dropped. And I was dead set on the the fact that I would be, have failed as a mom if I did not provide him breast milk for the full first year. I had a lot of um, mom friends who went back to work and seemingly it was a piece of cake for them to go back and just pump a couple times while they were at work and they had plenty of milk. Um, So I felt like if I couldn't do that, then there must be something wrong with me. Um, I couldn't do that. And so to kind of try to keep up with my son's demand, I started pumping around the clock. Basically, I would pump at work several times to the point that there were like maybe days where there was a 30 minute break between pumping sessions that I actually worked. And then at night I would uh, set alarms all night long, basically to wake up and pump. And it still was not enough um, milk. And I kind of became fixated on it. And my relationship with my husband and my son really started to suffer. So when he was about 10 months old, I realized that I needed to be looking at our family as a whole and be a little bit more balanced in terms of taking care of myself so that I could take better care of him and started giving him formula and things got a lot better. But by then I had, I had been dealing with postpartum anxiety for that entire 10 months, which was um, not, had not been diagnosed yet. And a lot of it had to do with this feeling that I had failed as, as a mom and not being able to produce enough milk for him and really comparing myself to what I perceived as the norm, which is whether you're a stay at home mom or you go back to work, you should be able, you know, if you just do these five things, or if you reach out to a lactation consultant or you try a little harder or you, you know, wake up at three in the morning to pump an extra session, then you should be able to do it. And I couldn't do that. So that was my experience. He's my only child. And I think part of the decision between my husband and I to not have another child has to do with how our collective relationships really suffered from all of the pressure that I felt. And he even he felt to try to provide exclusively breast milk for him. I think that that that's so important to keep in mind is that sometimes we're we're our own worst enemy, right? We keep thinking, well, if I just had done this, you know, there's always one more thing, right? We could have done, or you know, we just keep telling ourselves this, and it just kind of, man, we just keep piling it, you know, on top of each other. Well, if I would have done this, or if I wouldn't have done that, or you know, if I had had this type of birth, or you know, if my breasts were this shape, or whatever the case may be, you know, and man, sometimes we're our own our own worst enemy in this, right? And we all also assume that everybody else is able to do it. Like we just, we just assume that everyone else can do whatever we can't and that it's easy for them. Like we never assume that the mom pumping next to us might be having just huge amounts of trouble pumping or might be desperately pumping or just to try and keep her supply up or whatever. We just assume that she's like happily pumping and reading her magazine and everything's fine. Um, yeah. And that, that may or may not be true. Yeah, it's true. We, we make a lot of assumptions. This kind of goes back to, you know, I, I know not everyone does this, but the persona that we put forth on social media is usually this rosy, you know, view of our life and how perfect everything is. And aren't our kids cute? And, you know, here's me. Here's my brelfie, me breastfeeding my you know, <laughs> baby in a brelfie. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with brelfies. I'm just saying, you know, and, um, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating the good in your life. But I totally, I, I think we kind of get caught up in it sometimes, you know, and, and we look at everyone else. We're like, everyone else is perfect. And I am struggling with this. And right. it's not reality, right? Not at all. And people do say that, you know, they tell you, I mean, I got told breastfeeding is going to be hard. You just have to get through those first yeah. two weeks. And so I always assumed that, okay, I just have to get to the two weeks. But for me, it wasn't that. 
it was it was something totally different. So I felt guilty because people were saying, and almost in a dismissive way, oh yeah, well it's hard. Breastfeeding's hard, so that's it. And I'm like, I can't even talk to you about what is really weighing mm. me down because mm. I I guess this is the way it's supposed to, but I don't know how babies even would survive if this is the way it goes, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to talk about how our expectations of what we think breastfeeding is going to be like way into all of this. And we've been kind of chatting about it a little bit. I feel like most of us, though, go into breastfeeding having some sort of expectation. So, you know, how did that factor into the guilt for you guys? Was it a matter of your expectations were just so different than reality? Um, for me, I felt I, I was always told that it was so easy. And I, you know, I saw all these women on TV and movies and, you know, out and about breastfeeding, and they made it look so easy. And I struggled with it so much that I felt I must be a failure. I have to be doing something wrong. Like what, you know, I'm just obviously a failure at this. And it just it, it was just terrible. I had such high expectations for it. And my reality was not what I was expecting. And it made it really hard. Yeah. And my mom used to tell me stories about how quickly I latched and how I was I was a little piggy and all of this stuff. And so I just kind of assumed that m- my experience would be the same as hers. And then I went to the breastfeeding classes at my local hospital. And I went to the um, – Adam and I went to the parenting class. And we, we did all the classes, everything that they offered. And everything that we heard about breastfeeding was that, you know, your body knows how to do this. If you just trust your body, your body knows how to do this. Uh, and then, you know, with my experience, I really thought that that was how it was for everybody. I thought it was one of those things that, okay, maybe everybody feels this way when it happens. And I just don't realize, like, is this what bonding is supposed to feel like? I don't think so, but yeah. <laughs> and then when I did start to start to reach out, I got a lot of that, oh, well, breastfeeding is hard. It's just hard for everybody and, and you just suck it up and it'll be. And I was like, wait a minute, you never said that. You said, you said normal and natural and your body knows how to do this. And now all of a sudden it's now you're flipping it to, oh, it's just rough. And I heard that two week number two, if you can just get through two weeks. And I'm like, okay, I am in week three and I can't stop mm-hmm. crying and neither yeah. can he. And he's not gaining weight. Maybe you guys should stop saying, just push through it and give me some support. Mm -hmm. And no one, I think it's really hard to admit that you're struggling with something that's supposed to be so natural. And the, you know, social media and most of the information out there now is, you know, the American Pediatric Association recommends six months, and then it was raised to a year breastfeeding your baby for a year. And you think, how does anybody even do that if they're having this horrible experience? And so you feel like you just assume that nobody else is having this horrible experience. You can't talk about it because everyone's afraid to talk about it because they feel the same way that you do. I was late in having my child in comparison with most of my um, friends and they had all figured out a way to do it. And no one said to me, this is hard. And it's hard when you go back to work and it's hard to pump and it's hard to do all these things. And it's really a huge sacrifice. And you might feel really resentful and you might be afraid to leave your house. Like Candace said, because what if the baby's hungry or, you know, you miss an an opportunity to keep your supply up. It's a lot to deal with. And people don't want to talk about that. And it, and it adds to the isolation and the struggle and the guilt ultimately. My mother um, wasn't able to, to do any breastfeeding, but she wasn't really interested in doing it either. So for me, it was always like, well, I'm going to do things differently. And so I figured I'd just go full force on, I thought that the education, taking all the classes and reading all the books would eliminate that. I forgot how much of a actual natural process for me, how, what a natural process breastfeeding really is. And so even though I was well prepared, I was not in touch with my body at that point. And so I couldn't really, I, I just, it didn't work for me in that sense. And I got a lot of pressure from her just to say, you know, just just give them formula, just don't even worry about it. So I almost became competitive with that. And I think that also caused like I spiraled because of that. So I think, I think for me, it was uh, the expectation that I couldn't do it. And I wanted to rise to the occasion. Mm, Yeah, it was that internal pressure you put on yourself. Is anyone still dealing with breastfeeding guilt? 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, because I'm, well, I'm, first of all, I'm still breastfeeding and she's, she's got the milk soy protein intolerance thing, which is just all kinds of fun. And there are times when I ate an English muffin without thinking. And English muffins have whey in them, and they also have milk in them. And I I just, we were on vacation, and I just didn't think about it, and I ate an English muffin, which for anybody else is, uh, okay, you ate an English muffin. And for me, turned into three days of my daughter screaming. And, you know, there's no way to not feel horrible about that. You can tell yourself you slipped up, you made a mistake, and you are human. You can tell yourself all of those things. The trouble is, by the time you're telling yourself those things, you're saying it because you already feel guilty. And I just felt horrible. It, And then I feel bad because all I really want out of life is cheese. Like, that's it. That's all I want. <laughs> and there are times, there are days when I wake up and I'm like, I just want a piece of cheese. Like, why can't she just let me have this thing that I want? Why can't I just? And I have resentment towards this tiny, perfect, beautiful, oh my gosh, you guys, it, she's amazing. So the fact that I could resent her over something as silly as cheese, you know, well, then I feel horrible about that, too. But the truth is, is that I, I like cheese. I'm allowed to like cheese. I am allowed to mm-hmm. to resent the fact that I can't have it. It's not that I would want to trade her in at all. It's just that I want to get us past this time to where, you know, she's eating solid food and I can, too. That would be nice. So there's a lot of there's a lot of weird guilt stuff that still crops up. Thankfully, I am still in therapy. We'll probably always, <laughs> always, always, always be in therapy. And so I have a place to talk about it. I have somebody yeah. to to talk about it with when when this stuff pops up and, and gets stuck in my head. Well, at least you do, you are doing that. You know what I mean? I, as I said earlier, I think a lot of times we just kind of get these things stuck in our head and these, you know, we, we kind of keep putting ourselves down and we don't have this outlet for, for, you know, for someone to say, no, that's not right. Like you, you are doing amazing things for your child and not everyone is, you know, able to do this and that's okay. And, you know, and you're waiting for this two week mark, but it may take longer than that or it may not. Everybody is different. And so at least, you know, you have that outlet to be able yes. to um, express super yourself. Lucky. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this pressure that we feel to breastfeed our babies and how it can impact the overall bond we have with our babies. And we'll also have some um, words of wisdom for other moms out there that are currently going through this. So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome back. We are continuing our discussion about breastfeeding guilt. And I want to talk about how you ladies process this guilt and how it impacted you overall. And I know, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And, you know, as you look back on your experience here, what would you say that this guilt did to you? What did it, you know, lead to, you know, happening in other areas of your life? Um, For me, it, it, definitely was one of the big reasons why I got postpartum depression. I felt like a huge failure. I felt like I couldn't do what women are supposed to do. I mean, that's what our breasts are here for is to feed babies. And, and, and I wasn't able to do that the way I was supposed to do. And, um, I felt tremendous guilt and it just is one of the really big things I had to work through with my postpartum depression for sure. Yeah, I think I think it definitely imp- impacted um, my anxiety. I also had postpartum depression, but the anxiety came from not knowing how much my son was getting. I couldn't measure what was coming out of my breasts, and that really that was fuel for my my anxiety. And I I had a similar experience to Candace. Um, I felt tremendous anxiety at not knowing um, how much milk he was getting, feeling like I was going to go a day without producing as much milk or pumping as much milk as he needed. And so I wound up 
getting very little rest at the, or my rest, I guess, was lost at the expense of waking up all night long in order to pump to try to stay ahead of the demand for the milk. And it wound up physically and emotionally just totally depleting me and really affected my relationship with my husband and with my son because I had put breastfeeding at the top of the pyramid. That was the most important thing. And I really lacked the perspective and balance that I think is important to have when you're kind of juggling all these things and trying to figure out how to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah, And it made it harder for me to reach out about other things because I felt like it was this big secret that I couldn't talk about. I couldn't tell anybody how horrible it felt. And so when I started to notice my other postpartum symptoms started really, really early. And when I started to notice the other symptoms, I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I felt like they would somehow, like once I opened up, the dam would break and they would find out all of these horrible things. Um, and that was the last thing that I wanted to have happen. Now, where I'm in this like second round, and when I feel guilty about stuff, I've kind of learned to double check and be like, wait a minute. No, that's silly. Um, but that's really hard to do in the beginning. That's really hard to do without support. And that's really hard to do when you're not talking to anybody, even in your, your family or your friends. Um, my mom, my mother-in-law, all the women around me, they thought I was doing great. Mm. They thought that I was breastfeeding mm-hmm. like a champ. They had no idea. Yeah. Um, and so it's really hard to be healthy just in general and to heal from just birth, whether it was a traumatic birth or, or not, mm-hmm. when you can't be open and honest about how you're struggling. And if you are experiencing anxiety, you hear a lot with breast milk, with breastfeeding. Well, if you calm uh-huh. down, then your milk will do better. Mm-hmm. So you almost like you're... You get anxious like, about your anxiety. You're causing it. <laughs> Yeah. Right. You're causing it because you're anxious. And so it's yeah, doubly yes. your fault because uh-huh. you're worried about it. And the fact that you're worried about it is making your milk supply go down. And that's yeah. why you can't do it. <laughs> oh if you would just calm down, your anxiety would be much better. <laughs> but again, we keep putting it back on ourselves. You know, we don't we don't cut ourselves any slack. Everything is our fault. You know, like we said earlier, our, ba- or our boobs were made to do this. Why isn't this working? It has to be our fault. All right. So how do we overcome this? I know, you know, I asked earlier, um, you know, who's currently going through this. And I, go- I know, Graham, you partially feel like you're still kind of going through it because you're still breastfeeding. But for, for everyone else, like, what would you say was, I mean, can you pinpoint something that said, you know, okay, now that I look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Now that I look back, this is what really helped me get out of that place of, you know, just constantly blaming myself and, and all of this guilt. What would you say that was? For me, it was my midwife telling me just to feed my mm. baby. There was a point for me where I was so overwhelmed that she just kind of looked me in the eye from a mother to a mother and said, just feed your baby. And I think that was a big turning yeah. point for me. It was probably like, just kind of let you off the hook. It was just like, just, you know, it's okay. You're like the most important thing is that your baby is fed, right? Exactly. Cause it was the perspective I needed, you know, because that was what was most important. It all of a sudden like became a much a, a broader thing for me. I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could see now my son is six years old and he's super duper bright. I can't keep up with him. He's got more energy than I know what to do with. And that was not him not getting breast milk over a month was it did not affect him in that degree. If he wasn't fed, yes, that would have affected him. Have you guys seen the the hashtag fed is best? It's hashtag fed is best. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know. And I, I love that hashtag. And, and you see that, you know, a lot, you know, with articles and, and different posts and people commenting on feeding your baby type issues. And, and I, it's so interesting that you mentioned midwives. I have found that the, the um, healthcare providers that seem to be the most understanding of all this are people that have a very comprehensive view of what it's like to care for mother overall. So nurses, midwives, doulas. Like it's just a more comprehensive view of things that they're like, you know, breastfeeding is important. It is important, but it's not everything. It is. It does not define you as a mother. 
you know, and, and there are, like we talked about earlier, there are things that can trigger if, you know, if you have this, this guilt and this horrible feeling about, you know, breastfeeding can lead to many more things that you certainly don't want to have to deal with, you know, and it's just, it, it's just interesting how people perceive it. But yeah, definitely. Fed is best. I agree. Anyone else? I had kind of a like light bulb go on experience. I was about nine months in. My my son was nine months old and I had actually been seeing a therapist for several months and he had been encouraging me pretty much every week to think really hard about stopping the pumping because he could see it was kind of just running me into the ground and other parts of my life were suffering. And I kind of ignored him and thought, no, if I just, if I keep going, if I wake up, you know, an hour earlier every day, I can make it. I can make it to 12 months. And then one afternoon I had come home from work and I had to rush inside and connect to the pump and the nanny was leaving and and she kind of handed my son to me and I put him in the bouncer, the little like bouncy thing with toys all around it, thinking, okay, he can play with this while I, you know, pump for 25 minutes. And he was screaming, crying, just tears streaming down his face. And I was connected to the pump and he's reaching out for me, just crying and crying. And I, all I was focusing on for the first 10 minutes was the pump and how much milk I was getting out. And then it just clicked for me. And I looked at him and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, he just wants to be with me. I'm missing all of this other great and just as important stuff, bonding with my son. That's that's not less important than giving him breast milk, if not maybe more important. And that was a really like a turning point experience for me. So I stopped pumping and slowly over the next month, I was able to think of that experience and sort of get to a place where I was looking at our family and my relationship with my son as a whole, rather than just being so laser focused on this one part of our relationship. So at the time, it was a really heartbreaking experience to have um, with him because I wish that I had realized that sooner because it maybe wasn't worth it. I was giving up something else that was really important, my Mm -hmm. bonding time with him. But it was helpful. I think I needed the kind of something really powerful to say, hey, it's it's okay if you stop doing this. And there are all these other great things that you do as a mom. You know, this is going to sound like a crazy question when I throw it out there, but... Do you think, and this is for anyone, can breastfeeding guilt ever be a good thing? And the reason I I bring this up is because I, in in researching this topic for today's episode, I came across an article that was published by a medical doctor who's very well known for being an advocate for breastfeeding. And he was talking about healthcare providers and their role in encouraging breastfeeding. Um, And that the excuse, he said, that a lot of healthcare workers use in not really pushing for breastfeeding is that they don't want to make the mother feel guilty and this medical doctor was trying to call that out and just he, he just said that that was just a ploy, that that was he just really kind of threw it to the side. And I was really disturbed by that because I don't think we realize how much damage we do when we just it's, it's not so black and white. It's just not it's not so easy for everybody. And so I wanted to get, you know, your lady's perspective on this, because, you know, having gone through this intense amount of guilt over breastfeeding, like when you hear something like that, like, you know, what comes to mind? It makes me absolutely livid. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Me too. Because we know from the numbers that most moms, like uh, the vast majority of moms, I can't look it up right now, but it's like 80 or 70%. I mean, it's a huge percentage of moms when they are pregnant, want to exclusively breastfeed. So we don't need guilt. It's not necessary. This is something Mm -hmm. that women Mm -hmm. already want to do. What we need Mm -hmm. is, and you can hear just from how all of these stories, we have things that are similar, but then we all have different triggers and different reasons. And what would have helped all of us is somebody saying, what do you need? Somebody saying to me, what do you need? Would have gotten a totally different answer from somebody saying to Bridget or somebody saying to Candace or Julie, what do you need? Because each of us had a different journey that we were going on. Maybe what we needed was somebody to hold our hands and say, you can stop. It's okay. 
Maybe what we needed was somebody to tell us about milk banks and say, okay, what you really want is for your baby to get breast milk. Here is another way to do it if you can't. Here is formula. It's all right. Here is help getting your baby to latch or, or whatever. I understand that we we want to break the chokehold that formula companies have traditionally had on that whole birth system and on the hospital system. I I get it. I really, really do. But at the same time, the way that you do that is not by shaming or guilting moms. The way that you do that is not by saying to moms, you know, <sighs> you have to do this thing or you are hurting your child. Um, the way that you do that is by saying to each individual mom, how can I help you? What What is your goal for your child? What do you want to be able to do? You want to be able to hit six months? You want to be able to hit a year? You want to be able to go back to work and pump? You want to be able to figure out a schedule that works for you at home? Here's how we help you do that. And we have lactation consultants and IBCLCs, and we have all of these professionals in hospitals. We need more of them. We need them to be better trained to work with different moms coming from different backgrounds. And we need them to be trained to spot things like postpartum depression and anxiety. And I will get off my soapbox now. (laughs) Sorry. I totally agree, Graham. I think once I found, once options were given to me, especially with supplementing, even just pumping a bottle, but then eventually giving a bottle to my husband. And that really helped me with my guilt because I saw this bond happen with my partner and my baby. And it was, it was amazing to me that, and I felt like I didn't want to hold him back. So the options for me were really, really important. And I didn't know about those options until it was like time to bring in the options because there was no other choice. I was in such rough shape. So I agree with that. Individual, very important. And it's really just, I think education is really important. Education about breastfeeding is important. Guilt is not useful and even detrimental, but education about it presented in, in a way that is balancing what your family needs as a whole and not ignoring the mom. I think a lot of times the way the information is presented is like the baby is the only thing that's important anymore. And of course the baby is so important. I don't think anybody needs help with that, you know, with that feeling most of the time, but the mom is really important too. If you don't have the mom, you're not going to have the baby. So they're just, I, in my opinion, there just needs to be a little bit more balance and no more guilt. Well, on that note, ladies, I couldn't have summed it up any better. So thank you so much for being part of our show today. I know you guys shared a lot of personal stuff and I really do appreciate it. I think it'll help a lot of moms out there just to, you know, just to kind of bring this subject to light and say, it's okay. It's okay. If this is what's happening, you know, and there's help out there and, and everybody's different. So again, thanks for being with us today. If you're a member of the Boob Group Club, then please be sure to check out the bonus content for this episode. If you are experiencing breastfeeding guilt and it's hard to overcome, sometimes there are little things that you can do to help relieve that, all those feelings, that feeling of burden, that feeling of guilt, even if it's just for a little bit, right? You know, I know the big goal is to overcome it in general, but just little things that we might be able to do. So we're going to get everyone's take on that. And that's part of our bonus content. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so we have a question from one of our listeners, and this comes from Suze. In fact, it's Suze Slats on Facebook, and she writes, I listen to your podcast almost every day. You're like my on-call girlfriends, especially during the midnight and early morning feedings. I love it. I have a two-month-old son and recently returned to work. I was working with my pump before I returned and thought pumping would be as seamless as expected. However, my supply has significantly decreased to the point where I'm only producing half 
half of what my son eats while I'm away. I have an appointment with a lactation consultant, but I'm wondering if there is something I could have done before returning to prevent this. Hi, Suze. It's Helen Anderson, a registered nurse and one of the experts here at New Mommy Media. So your question about a drop in supply that you noticed when you head back to work and start pumping more is so normal. We know that a pump does not empty the breast as efficiently as a baby does, which leaves milk in the breast and signals to your body not to make more. So what we need to do is be sure that whenever you pump, you're getting the most milk that you can remove from the breast. And we do that by using hands-on pumping. Hands-on pumping is a wonderful technique that doesn't take you any extra time. In fact, it, it can decrease your pumping time, makes you a more efficient pumper, and can increase your milk supply by up to 100%. So very simple. Get a hands-free pumping bra. Uh, there's some great ones out there. Simple Wishes makes a wonderful bra. You can also make some homemade ones if you want to go in that route. But you need to be hands-free with something else holding up your pump. And then you use your hands to press on your breasts and your milk ducts. And you can feel the lumpiness in your breasts will decrease until they're very soft and no more milk is coming out. This way, you know your breasts are completely empty. Also, be sure on your days off or when you're home before and after work, you're breastfeeding instead of pumping. And you're breastfeeding on demand all the time, especially on the days that you're home from work. Be sure you're getting enough to drink. We know that moms that are dehydrated can sometimes see a drop in supply. Uh, you may also be sleeping less because, hey, you've got another thing to do. You're back at work. So be sure that on your days off, you're not overexerting yourself, but instead you're resting, you're focusing on your baby, and you're focusing on breastfeeding. If you do these things, typically we do see an increase in supply. So good luck, and it sounds like you're doing a great job. So that wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much for listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, newbies for newly postpartum moms, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, and twin talks for parents of multiples. This is The Boob Group, where moms know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.